Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 17. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and you're listening to the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Live Jiu Jitsu. Live Jiu Jitsu supports social projects in Brazil and the United States who offer free Jiu Jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to buy new mats, uniforms, tournament registrations, and the monthly expenses of these projects. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coaches donate all the profit of t-shirts and patches sales to Live Jiu-Jitsu. For more information, please visit www.liveju-jitsu.org. It's www.liveju-jitsu.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Vitor Shaolin Ribeiro. Vitor is a fifth-degree black belt in jiu-jitsu under Underpedaneros and the owner of two very successful schools in New Jersey and in New York City. He started BJJ at 14 years old, and by the time he was 17, he had earned his black belt, one of the fastest in history in only three and a half years. During his impressive BJJ career, he became a three-time IBJJF black belt adult world champion and a two-time IBJJF black belt master world champion. After winning the world championship in 2001, he transitioned into a very successful MMA career. While competing across the globe, Shaolin won the Japanese Shuto Lightweight Championship in 2003 and later the Cage Rage World Lightweight Championship in 2005, accomplishing an MMA record of 20 wins and 5 losses. In 2013, he became a licensed referee by the New Jersey State Athletic Commission and has refereed numerous contests as well in the UFC. Vitor is also the promoter of the successful Big Apple BJJ tournaments in New York. Vitor is a dedicated husband and a devoted father of three children. Shaolin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Gustavo. You know, thank you so much for the opportunity. I hope well, maybe I'll be able to, you know, to maybe share with you guys, you know, a little bit of my, you know, my, my story. Yeah, and this is a great for. Everyone who's listening, this is a special episode for me. I had Hobson Moore a few episodes ago, one of my close friends in Jiu-Jitsu Idols, and now we have Shaolin, one of my closest friends, also one of my Jiu-Jitsu Idols, the guys that, uh, even though he's younger than I am, that's the guy that I actually look up to coming up in Jiu-Jitsu. So, Shaolin, tell us, how did BJJ get into your life? Uh, I think like back in the days, you know, back in the days, I was spending a lot of time on the street and, you know, playing different sports like a judo, Muay Thai, and then spend time doing skateboarding, boogieboarding. And then I think, you know, in some point, I remember I met one friend and then remember like uh, the, the year of 1993, I think when Hoist star, the whole UFC thing, we used to have some things like uh, in school where... You know, sometimes 
you know, some fights happening. I remember I was doing Muay Thai and then like a kid's fight. And then one time I think I get in a, in a trouble with a kid and then I end up getting caught in a takedown, the kid mounted on me. And then I realized how much, you know, in my view, it'd be important to learn something on the ground. And then that friend who passed away a couple of years ago, he kind of said, look, if you want to learn jiu-jitsu, the best place in the neighborhood to go is Andre Pedernera's. And then, you know, he, he back in then, I think he was doing capoeira. He took me there, introduced me to the there. And then I signed up and spent a lot of time over there, a lot of hours over there. And then at some point, I think of two months, did my first competition. And then I got hooked. I got hooked. And then after 25 years, here am I. Awesome. And how do you feel BJJ relate to life? Oof, I think, I don't know, like 25 years doing BJJ and a lot of friends relate to BJJ, a lot of decisions in my life. Sometimes I, 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 always, I always think about situations I had in, in, in BJJ, in martial arts, before I say yes or no. I think, so, I think like in, in my view, give me a tons of strength sometimes to, you know, in my days, like, like, like all the people, they can be very intense, all right? I think the way you said, the three kids, two schools, and a couple of the things behind the scene. And then sometimes I believe like uh, you know, doing BJJ and, you know, try try follow that code and try try stick with things I believe in martial arts is really helping me to, you know, to, straight, you know, to stay very legit, very solid with things I believe is the, is the right way to live. And I, I believe like a BJJ is it's a huge part, huge part because the way I read people, the way I spend time people, you know, everything sometimes I measure or I decide with, with some things BJJ taught me. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And my next question is going to be related to when you had your spark at the moment that you decided to pursue jujitsu and I had the pleasure to see the beginning of your career. And for some people who don't know, I've done some interviews before and I have that two people actually inspired me to move to Onipedinera to start training there and was a purple belt. One was uh, Renato Charuto and second, and it's both were standing out at the same time in Shaolin. And that was the reason why I saw at some moment I had to, to change academies and I was looking around where some of the guys are coming up. And even though... We're, and we're in the same divisions and a few in a blue belt. Sometimes when you're federal, was a light. And then in, in purple, a few times in the same division. But then I was always in a, in a lightweight. But it was, <clears throat> I like what I saw. And like, man, I don't, I don't know what those guys are doing, but I want to learn what they're doing. <laughs> so um, I could tell that you're so young, 15, 16, you're already super, super focused. And I always mention the most disciplined guy that I've ever encountered in jiu-jitsu. So how old were you when you realized that this is what I want to pursue for, for living? I want to do this for the rest of my life. Eventually, maybe, uh, of course, the, the vision evolves, right? From the beginning that I want to pursue this to, to have an academy or fight. But when you really realize I'm pursuing jiu-jitsu for the rest of my life, yeah, I think for a long, long time, like a 14, 15, even 16 years old was so, you know, I have so much fun and I didn't think at all about pursue this as a career or, or having this as something I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I just want to, you know, in, in spend time with my friends and, 
you know, do something healthy. Like it looks like a, a lot of people I I really like to stay with, you know, was doing jujitsu. So, you know, I I like those guys. They doing jujitsu. I like jujitsu. I like the guys. So everything make me stay very close to jujitsu. But I remember, I think exactly the time when when my coach he went to lunch with my mom, you know, to invite, you know, to tell her, you know, to explain to her he was thinking about putting me to do to to, to stay close to jujitsu and maybe do a potential MMA fight, you know, back then with when I was 17, 18. Try to explain to her, you know, maybe some traveling. You know, I was, you know, I was planning to do, so I think in 1996, we did it, went to, to UFC 9, and he was lunch with her and explained to her, you know, exactly, you know, his vision about myself. And I think that day when he kind of like crossed that line and went to lunch with her and explained things for her, you know, you know, maybe telling her my potential, I think that day maybe... I start realize, whoa, you know, maybe maybe I should put more time. Maybe I should maybe maybe I'm good on on, on jujitsu. Maybe I should use that potential to do something. So I think exactly that day. I think when I was 17, you know, I did that trip in 1996 with the dare and a lot of the people to support Rafael Carino in his first MMA international mm-hmm. fight. So I, I think remember, after that yeah. day, I pretty much put so much more time and hours on the training. Because I always train very serious, even when I didn't think about having this, you know, for living. But I think after that lunch, I think I realized mm-hmm. the vision my coach had for myself. And then I say, you know, if he has that vision, you know, better me, better I start see that 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 way as well, and then putting more hours and and putting more focus in in here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and this is that's why I always like to say that it's so important for you to be surrounded by positive people, yeah. confident people that maybe if he was a coach that wasn't very secure about himself or about, you know, maybe he wouldn't be pushing there and be like, Charlene, you need to go to college, you need to get a job, you know. So it's super important to be surrounded by it. So now back then when you had this spark around this vision, I always like to ask, because here I interview entrepreneurs or professional athletes. And I always like to inspire people who are in transition, people who are not very happy. They're, they're in a corporate world and they're not very happy. And they, they do have a spark that's something that they want to do, but they cannot overcome the, the mental block of some of the fears and doubts that come along the way. Can I do this? Am I going to be able to, to do that? So it's, which is normal. Some people handle better than, than others. So my question is, how was the mindset back then when you start to come the idea of making a living of this, especially being young, what are some of the doubts or maybe, you know, fears that came up and how did you handle it? You know, telling you uh, real true, I didn't have so much doubts. Like uh, I think, uh, you know, the confidence I got inside the school, the confidence I got from the person from my mentor from the dad was so powerful. You know, his words, you know, the moment in his life, you know, the group we have over there, like, I'm not, we didn't have so, so many 
athletes back you know back then but you know even the guys today some people become lawyers judge today but even those guys like uh, I feel so much support from them I feel so so many like a positive situations so every single time I went to a tournament of course I put the hours of course I train but didn't feel that doubt maybe I'm good enough I'm good on this I didn't stop to think about it mm-hmm. I think like a uh, I think when you keep thinking so much about the other guy or this guy or that school or this logo, or that haircut or that bad face, you know, at some point I'm not going to be thinking about the whole positive thing surrounding me, you know, the good training I'm having here, you know, the good training I can do, the good training I miss, how I can improve things inside the gym. I can get stronger this way, that way. So for a long time, but for a long time, I think most of the time when I was in jiu-jitsu, I think the doubt only came when I moved to MMA. Mm -hmm. When I moved to MMA, I felt a little bit different. But in jiu-jitsu, for a long time, I fought against so many good names, and I lost lost big battles. I, I win big battles. But, like, I didn't have one situation one situation in jiu-jitsu, I went in and I felt like uncomfortable about my game or how much I train. So every single thing I got in jiu-jitsu, win or lose, the positive, you know, feedback I have from my partners mm-hmm. was so powerful. They didn't have so much room to be doubt, to doubt it, you know what I mean, my, my jiu-jitsu skills. This is came a little later when... MMA become part of my life and there's so much other things involved. And then I start doubting, okay, I did it the right training. I cut weight correct. I did it this, I did it that. And then change a little bit the way I see fights and the way I sign for fights. But in jiu-jitsu for a long time, even doing this for a living, I was, I was having a lot of fun. So that's the reason when I have some guys looking for training hard and looking for you know, putting the time, you know, on jiu-jitsu, you know, most of, you know, most important, you put in the hours, but you're having fun. You're mm-hmm. really here because you want to have, you know, you want to be here. If that guy say yes, I know that guy going to succeed because he's doing something he really wants to do. It's like nobody's pushing him. If he's enjo- you know? enjoying the process, huh? Yes. I think this is a, a, such a true thing. You know what I mean? So I enjoy every single little piece it's different than MMA because, you know, I'm not, not going to lie to you. I, I didn't like MMA. Mm-hmm. You know, MMA wasn't something like I, I did it. You know, okay, I love MMA. Nobody likes to get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Right? Nobody likes, you know, I always loved jiu-jitsu, the creativity of jiu-jitsu, the, the people surround jiu-jitsu. It's more for and, survival, right? Your survival, yeah. basically, financial, yeah. support yourself. Yeah, I mean, my and, view when I was there, in, imagine, in 2001, Go for another medal, all right? Another medal, another medal. It's not like today. So mm-hmm. At some point, people back in the day, okay, become world champion, go fight in the United States, go make more money. And that's the, that's the way I grew up seeing my coach doing. Everybody's doing that. So how, now, how, how are I going to act different? You know what I mean? Now, let me ask you this. You know, it's good because since I know your story, I can dig in with some stuff. And you mentioned about, you know, an MMA that started some of the, 
you know, critical points that some doubts came in. And I want to kind of go into this because I even remember I was with you in your very first MMA fight in Vegas. I was in your yeah. corner for that one, WFA. the WFA. Yeah. And what impressed me the most was how composed you were for your very first fight, how calm you were, like you're going in, at least you're showing, you know what I mean? I'm not inside your head, you know, as far as the, the internal battles that each fighter, you know, know what's happening. I don't know exactly, but you showed to be so calm and so confident. But you know why? Because the first few fights in MMA, it's all results from my jiu-jitsu time. It's all results mm. from my positive, positive environment. It's all results from, because I'm pretty much a, a grappler back then. I think mm. when I start, you know, become an MMA fighter and then start adjusting and start adding so many other styles in my game, you know, it looks like the jiu-jitsu core starts disappearing a little bit. And then, you know, the, the feeling change. But like I remember the first few, I remember the first few fights in jiu-jitsu, MMA, I feel very comfortable, very calm, because I was still a big grappling in my mind. Mm -hmm. But in, in, in some point when I start adding things and when I start doing things, I'm not so confident because I didn't have enough hours in Muay Thai. I didn't have enough hours you know, in wrestling. I didn't have enough hours in boxing. So this opened a big window to start doubting a little bit mm -hmm. if I'm ready or not. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And then at some point, the only way I know to make myself more confident, putting more hours and more hours and more hours. That way it doesn't give me enough chance to think if we, I'm good or I'm not good. Because I say, you know why my body at least is well training. You know what I mean? I'm going to do my best. You know, I try to stay very positive, even if I know, you know what I mean? Like some days I didn't have the confidence I, I have to have. Mm -hmm. And everything in the beginning, you know what I mean? We didn't know so much like we knew in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So that's the reason I can tell you for sure, you know, doubts came definitely like during the MMA time. Jiu-Jitsu time, losing or winning, you know, my head is always forward, always like having the, 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 best, the best things inside of me. The, uh, the cool thing, too, that's one of the things that I believe and you just basically said because I asked, how did you handle, you know, and this is a tip for all the listeners. How did you handle some of the fear and the doubts? And you basically answer this quote that I, that I love to share that is hard work is the foundation of self-confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can, totally. we can look at cool um, uh, videos with nice moves. It can do your visualization or whatever. But at the end of the day, dude, hard work is the foundation of self-confidence. And, and I, I can say that by experience for people who are listening, maybe don't know too much about my story. I have like a, a roller coaster in my confidence. I went from a very small school that I had zero negative confidence because I couldn't win, you know, a match. And to finally, I won one tournament as a blue belt. And when I went to Underpedaneers, everything changed for, for exactly for the reason what Shaolin's saying, we mentioned about the environment. That is what changed everything for me. My perspective was I was in a small school wandering. I was surrounded. That's something that Jim Rohn, the late motivational speaker, Jim Rohn, say, we're the, average, we're the average of the top five people that you spend the most time with it. So if I was hanging, on, hanging out with five competitors, they have self-doubt and they question themselves. We don't know if yeah. we're going to win. Guess what? I was doing the exact same thing. And next thing, uh, I got put in an environment that 
it's completely the opposite, you know, and I'm working out with guys that this is what we do. We go there with intentions of winning and there's tough opponents. Yeah, absolutely. We're tough, tough too. too, you know, so that, that was the main thing that, and I figured out that, man, I was, I wasn't as bad as I thought I was. Of course, in six months there, I improved tremendously, just tremendously, just uh, high level training partners and the environment, which is something that people should not underestimate. If there's something that you train in a school, you don't like the environment, there's a lot of, you know, negative vibe. If it's not for you, and then, and then you got to go, we got to do uh, whatever is the best for you. So this is very true, man. You know, the, this, um, just being surrounded by positive people, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that was so crucial. And that's the thing. And that's the thing I even try to do today. You know, today with my two schools, I, I catch myself making speeches sometimes once in a while and say a lot of things because, you know, I, I always say, I, I don't know everything. All mm -hmm. right. A lot of things that maybe my coach never taught me. A lot of things maybe I saw from a partner training. A couple of times I saw from an opponent, you know what I mean, learning from him. So I learned a lot of things from different people. Definitely, I think he, my coach, he, he, he didn't teach me jiu-jitsu. He taught me how to think, mm -hmm. all right? And then I would be choosing, you know, with things they're gonna do. But how to think in how to think in jujitsu? That's I think is the most precious thing, you know, that they, you know, taught me. And today, you know, I keep saying to my guys. So today, with so much information, mm -hmm. I wanna give you guys a path. I wanna making sure you guys can stay straight. You know what I mean? At some point, if you start going over here, all right, moving this way, that way, I wanna making sure you guys stay straight. But I'm totally gonna allow you guys adding things on that path, but I only wanna making sure, you know what I mean? In some point, the end of the day, I teach you guys how to think. All right, if I can teach you guys how to think, you guys are gonna be ready to do make some big decision, not only in jujitsu, but in some other things as well. Mm -hmm. you know, how to choose a friend, how to go to a school, how to decide quit your job or not. So if I can teach you my guys there. All right, the time to be tough, the time, to, sorry, the time to be kind, the time to be, you know, to say yes, sir, the time to, you know what I mean? Like, a, you know, mm -hmm. you have time for everything. I mm -hmm. think today I realized that something maybe back in the days didn't realize so much. Mm -hmm. All right. But for me, if my guys can learn how to think, I'll be a happy man, a happy instructor. And now I'd like you to share. I always like to ask them you know, sometimes some of the entrepreneurs that come here, things that you see some of the new entrepreneurs are, have been struggling with. Now, with that sense, could it be some people who are not, because we do also have professional athletes or people who want to become professional athletes and everything goes along, I think, and high performance, that means competing high level, being on high level in entrepreneurship. You know, it's, I think everything is connected. So what do you feel that is something that, people have been struggling with, you know, during their journey, you know, entrepreneurship, they're not doing enough. They should be doing more or they should stop doing what, what do you feel based on your, I think, I think for me, you know, something works a lot for me and something when I talk to some friends and I see pretty much they're doing the same. You know, a lot of times when you have an idea, believe in your idea, sometimes you see people doing other things and then you feel just because he make money or just because he, 
you know what I mean? He have this or that. You think you have to do too. I think like a, something about like a, like a developing creativity. You know what I mean? Believe on the things you think is the right way to do. Like sometimes you have a way to teach. It can be different than everybody. All right. But if you think that way has a market for that, or if the product you sell, you know what I mean? Nobody knows. All right. But you're going to find a way to make the market find out about that product and people are going to buy. You know what I mean? You, you have to make work today so much easier with internet. I think like uh, some people, they can have good ideas and they are afraid. Lack of focus, you mean? You mean like lack of focus maybe people have? What do you think? Yeah, lack of focus or maybe they're not so consistent, mm -hmm. right? About, you know what I mean? Like uh, sometimes they want to try something for one month instead of try something for one year or two years. All right, I think today we, we live in a very tough world today where people expect everything fast, correct? Wow. They want so, now. yeah, you know, I miss you. Like if, if I go get a burger, I want to get a burger in a place where I can choose the bread, the lettuce, the tomato, the cheese, everything. Sometimes people, they don't want to go to a place like that because it takes too long. Mm -hmm. They want to go to McDonald's because, you know, we're going to go over there, you buy something, and then the burger comes. So I think, I think like, uh, you know, develop, you know, that creative said, you know, be patient, you know, be consistent. Like uh, those two words can be words sometimes so important. Consistent, I think is the, I think is the, is the word I use for my whole life in the last few years. You know, mm -hmm. so many ups and downs in my life. I, I even can say more ups than down, but I think like uh, I, I can feel like uh, today if I have the doors open, you know, in a bunch of places or if I have people talk well about me, I think because I never step on anybody's toe, I always, you know, I always, I always take care of myself. I always, you know, I, I never in my life, never, you know, did it think, did it something, you know, to mess with someone just because I want to see myself doing better. Like, uh, if he's doing something cool, good for him. So I think like, uh, you know, when you, when, you, when you stay positive, all right, about you, when you believe in you, when you be consistent, all right, when you let people, you see somebody doing something good, you say, man, good, great idea. Instead of be jealous, instead of like copy the guy's idea or say something about the guy. I think it, all, all that together can help you to stay in the right path. You know what I mean? I think it, I think, but the word, if you want to get a word, is consistency. It's yeah. like uh, the power of do something again and again and again and again and again until you accomplish what you're looking for. And I'd love you to expand even more on consistency because this is something that I mentioned people about your discipline <clears throat> that I did have a, the opportunity to experience watching it, and that's why you became my my role model in jiu-jitsu not necessarily because of course you have great jiu-jitsu but it wasn't because of the jiu-jitsu you know what i mean it's because everything around that you're making all the effort you know the the long-term consistent because people can be i was consistent for a week that's great but ain't gonna cut it you know it's yeah. like how long can you be consistent until yeah. it it's your vision it's your mission until whatever it takes yeah. you know so with this point of the consistency, what 
more advice, maybe suggestion you can you can th- maybe one of the things that you mentioned about having kind of you touch fast about the vision. I think when people have a clear vision, they know what they're doing, they understand exactly their mission. I think they feel more engaged to be consistent, not necessarily, but I mean, you had your clear path. You knew exactly what you wanted and you, you stay consistent. So what do you feel that can help some of the listeners in their consistency? Maybe something that you could help, uh, can help them with. I think for me, the way, uh, the way I train my consistency, I think they start with a very small things, you know what I mean? All right. And start with like a small habits and start with like a, say to myself, like sometimes I'm going to tell myself, I'm going to do 10 rows, you know, 10 live rows for like uh, eight minutes. So in some point, I'm going to do this today. And then I do this every Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to tell to myself, I'm going to do this with my body. And I do again. So I think like a small things I say to myself, nobody, if, he, if I want to cheat, nobody going to know. Nobody. Because mm-hmm. I just said to my mind. But I think it's the worst thing when you cheat yourself, all right? The worst thing when you tell something for yourself. Uh, nobody knew. It uh, doesn't matter. If I do three roles or two roles, I'm the owner of the school. I'm the mm-hmm. coach here. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So they do whatever I say. So for me, it never was like that. I think every, everything starts with like a, small things. I see a class. You know, I see you know, a tournament or I have ideas before something happens. I want to have it that way. So in my, 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 in, my, in my vision, I have to have that way. If it doesn't happen that way, all right, I want to try to find out why it didn't happen that way because, you know, something went wrong, I wasn't able to fix, and this is really going to bother me. Mm-hmm. So I think it, with small little habits yes. and then to become a routine, and that routine can be a so positive routine, and then you, you, you teach your body, acting like that people see you like that people even feel weird sometimes when sometimes you know i don't do few things because they're so used to see me doing this or that so in, in my life always like that i think i didn't make nothing special it's tell mm-hmm. to myself how's it gonna be my day today that's the reason it always hurt me i remember my mom uh, my mom later my wife sometimes i i plan my day go to Luis Alves, do Muay Thai, go to wrestling, Derogola. And then all of a sudden, you know, my mom called me and said, oh, your doctor called you. You missed the doctor. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't my plan, you know, mm-hmm. go to the doctor. Yeah. And then, you know, I have to fit the doctor in my schedule, but not going to mess with my training, not going to mess with my rest, not going to mess with my jiu-jitsu. Because what's so important is still today. Today, if, he, if I tell to my wife or tell to my family, I plan to do something, and I'm not able to do, it's like, a, it's almost like a me, you know, cheating a train or cheating like a, a tournament. Or and mess things. with your confidence too. Yeah. You know? Cause because now, you, like now I know that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to. Yeah. Like I, you know, just say about yesterday, you know what I mean? I, I, I tweaked my neck a little bit and then was very uncomfortable. And then today I have to leave to wait 7 a.m. And you know, 7 a.m. The bed looks, the, the bed looks very nice and warm. And my neck is bothering me. You'd be okay, you know. Tell to myself, "Oh, let me rest my neck." 
And then I, I knew I have to go. Even mm -hmm. if I have to tell the guy, say, hey, you know, I, I can't do a lot of things on my neck, but try playing something where and I did a great workout, didn't feel my neck. So imagine if I stay in my bed, you know, mm -hmm. start finding people. Yeah, I didn't leave till today because my neck hurt yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so in some point, like a little things like that, you know, making more strength in my neck is great today. You know, I just finished training, but I'm training tomorrow again. And, and it has no reason to miss that session I plan mm -hmm. to do. You know what I mean? And there's one thing that we're talking earlier that actually links to the next question, which is a high performance habit, which is what is a one habit that helps you in a progress in jujitsu business and everything. And you mentioned about something which goes along with the little things that you do. You mentioned yeah. about you don't like to snooze. You know, the first you start the day, you know, the clock, you know, the alarm clock hit it, boom, you're up. Boom. Yeah, that's the, that's probably, I think my, my that's my biggest one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I put in the clock, you know, to 6 a.m., you know, sometimes I even check, you know, how long, if it's 6 a.m. and then I, I, I hit the button right away, you know, normally going to be a good day. If in some point, you know what I mean, I stay a little longer, this is, this is not good. This is not good. You know, maybe I did something wrong. Maybe my body's too tired. But for me, like I always try to stay on the schedule. For me, if I hit, put, the, put the alarm for 6, for 7, for 8, for 9, for 10, whatever the time. As soon hits, I have to go up. So this, you know, it would be my first little step mm -hmm. to making sure all these small or big things I set for the day, you know, me I try to accomplish. And then sometimes people are always looking for big things. I want to have their car. I want to make their money. Mm -hmm. I'm not about that at all. Sometimes I'm all about say I have to make five calls today for those five guys. You know what I mean? And sometimes I'm not saying you'd be impossible call to five people, but sometimes you'd be tough. Sometimes having the quality call you'd like to have. And I like when I'm able to do like, that can be all the way from training. You know what I mean? When you try, you know, putting the, the tournament together. So for me, those little things, but everything starts mm -hmm. with the alarm in the morning when I'm able to leave my bed as soon as the alarm hits. Well, and for the listeners don't know much, about Shaolin is definitely 100% true and accurate what he's saying because I, I think it was maybe two years ago that I went to speak at your school, did a little mental skills training seminar. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Uh, maybe it was two yeah. years ago, two or three I think so, ago. yeah. Two and a half. And the night that was in a Friday night on Thursday, I stayed at your house. We probably went to sleep about close to 11, maybe. Mm -hmm. And you woke up, I think, at 3 45. Yeah. Thursday. And yeah. went to teach a private class, I don't know, whatever time was in New York. And I stay, I stay in. I went there close to noon. And we had the seminar. Basically, you left that day, I think it was 9.30 or 10 p.m. That yeah, specific, late. that was a long day, it's dude. A long day. Like yeah. you were there all day long, but it's not like he's taking naps. I mean, he's being productive throughout the day. So that is pretty impressive. It's funny, it's, you know, sometimes people talk about there, you know, I ah, wake up early, stay until late. But for me, you know, you know, that guy, I, I, you know, when, when I go in the morning to see this guy, it's a, such a cool time. You know, you know, when the guy wants to learn jujitsu, you know what I mean? Like I already used to, I know it's early in New York and be cold sometimes. But for me, you know what I mean? Having a chance today to do something I really like to do early or late. 
you know what I mean? At some point when you work with something you like, and then when you when you share something with someone really wants to really wants to learn from you, this is this is you know, I know the word's a little this is priceless. This is like mm -hmm. a, it's pretty mm -hmm. cool. And there's a reason. And at some point maybe he's gonna retire from his job and not gonna go to the city so much anymore. But until the day he, he wants to go and train and learn from me, I'm gonna get there with a big smile. 30 minutes before him, of course, because I have to get my coffee and mm -hmm. cool down a little bit and then try always deliver a great class. You know what I mean? I think that's like a, no change. And someone wants to work with me, someone wants to try hang with me, you know, slowly they have to get used to that. You know what I mean? I have people over here, they can handle, maybe, you know, I don't know if it's for a very long time, but, you know, for me, I think it's very priceless to be able to share with Jiu-Jitsu with some good people here in New York. Mm -hmm. And now one of the questions that I ask the, the guests to that is a hard one. Usually I mention in an entrepreneurial sense of what is the biggest struggle and what did you learn about yourself? What did you learn from this experience? And I personally know which one you're, the struggle that you're, you're going to mention, I believe, and was related to your career, right? Yeah. So how, how was this moment? And I'd like you to share with the with the listeners. Yeah, yeah. That moment was it was a tricky time for me because, you know, I was what 2007. I was feeling really well. I was fighting heroes back then, K1 heroes, and it was like a two. Uh, I think it was three fights to be champ. One fight, three months in between, and same final and final the same day. And then no, I think so. Yes. And then I think fight against Jay-Z Cavalcanti. I get caught in a in a very big takedown and then he punched me in the eye. And it's funny because the, the punch could be hitting here or here or here. You know, the punch hit my eye like a, in a really, really bad spot. And so far, you know what I mean? I felt like a very sharp pain, but so far I didn't think about nothing. Just try to protect myself, but the pain is getting so high, so high, the referee have to stop. And the best thing he did it. Uh, and I think after that moment, I'm still positive. Okay, my eye got big. All right, one day, get my money, we travel. When I got in the doctor in Brazil and then realized the whole mess, you know, I got my eye. And then the thing about the touch my retina mm -hmm. and a couple of the things happening in my eye was, was very tough because... The first doctor I went, because I was just checking, all right, because it was very big. You know, he said, whoa, this is huge. You're going to have to stop to doing jiu-jitsu. You can't do this anymore. And he was very, very, very aggressive with mm -hmm. his words. And definitely, even with all my positive, you know, and being young, it didn't help me to really hold. And then I start crying because it was a very strong answer, just lost. Mm -hmm. But that was handled well because I, I, I you know, I, I lose fights before, but that one was was very strong. And he said, "Boom," you know what I mean. And then I, I, I took a while, called my mom, called my wife, and and that that day for you know was was really tough, the worst, the worst ever. And then at some point, I think I remember I was looking for a, 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 a better doctor, someone to really give me a better a better view about what really happened. And I found that doctor, Dr. Marcia, uh, a super, a very, very, you know, become a friend. 
And then she helped me, you know, look, and she said, look, if you do everything right, I think you're able to, to do what you love. You just have to do everything right. And then I remember we did a surgery. We have to put out oil in my eye. And I have to be, have to be three months, all right, looking down. On belly, on the belly, on, the, on my, um, my belly down on, the, on, on my bed. And then keep looking like this. Just making sure the oil, Man. making weight to, to glue the retina. And then three months like that. Just, just putting my head up to go to the bathroom, to go eat and take a shower. Three months inside the apartment. You can't walk around too much because it's a very sensitive area. Mm-hmm. And after that was more three months, you know, just walking around the neighborhood because I can't walk too much, but at least I'm able to keep my head up. Mm-hmm. And then this is already six months. In another three months, you know, I was, I started able to get a bus or go to training, start swimming. And I just started doing grappling again, I think after nine months. So it took me like almost a year and a half to be back on the ring fighting. First fight I won. But you know, definitely is the worst ever. So funny because it was so much struggle. The struggle I got was Damn, so man. intense and make me, even didn't give me chance to think in so much because, you know, I, in the middle of those six months, I did another surgery to take the oil. And telling you what I learned from that struggle is even hard. Like, what did you learn, like, about even what you learned about you, you know what I mean, overcoming that? It's not sometimes necessarily, the, yeah, from the experience, but learning, like, what did you learn about yourself? Living Gustavo, I think I learned, like, I, I was much stronger than I really thought I was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think, he, like, uh, I thought I was a strong kid. I thought, like, I win some tournaments. But, like, uh, for the whole thing I went through, you know, having wife, having a small kid, you know, I remember doctors saying, hey, don't hold your kid because it's too heavy. He's a year and a half, you know, I mean, back then. Man. So I think like uh, I learned how to be strong because even having my mom and my wife surround me, you know, the days I was by myself, having bad thoughts, the way, the way, the days I feel like, uh, you know, even when I, even when the doctors say I'm good, you know, I'm not going to feel 100%. And, and it's funny, like, uh, you know, every single time I'm having a bad thought, I don't know where I pull that strength, but I pull from somewhere and I try to come with something positive. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, you know, a friend came to visit me and then we, we laughing a little bit or, or maybe someone called me, someone didn't expect to call me just to wish me things like that. I think things like that really kept me like strong, but definitely the moments I was by myself was the moments where I talked to myself. Mm-hmm. I was trying to go over the fight, what I did it, why this happened, why me, mm-hmm. why didn't broke my jaw, why didn't broke my nose, why I have to really hurt my eye. You know what I mean? And sometimes finding a reason was so tough. Mm-hmm. I didn't try looking for a reason. I didn't try looking to blame anybody. You know, I, I just really took that time to to really think about, you know, what happened and then try pull from that time by myself, you know, try feel, say, you know why? If I have to be by myself, I want to try to be the best by myself ever. Mm-hmm. And 
and, and I try, you know, surround my, myself with positive, but the first few months was tough, was tough. You know, it was really tough, cry some days, the pain was really uncomfortable because it was a sharp pain on your eye and your eye is small. You feel like somebody's stabbing your eye, so it was tough. But after the second month, I was a little bit better, I was a little bit less emotion, more positive. Mm -hmm. And I and I pulled this together, you know what I mean? I to, with help with some friends and wife and mom and able to, you know, almost what, ten years, eleven eleven years mm -hmm. when this happened now. And then I feel awesome. Yeah, you know what? Uh, for all the listeners, you said something very important when you mentioned at first you went through the phase that you asking why. You know, it's yeah. it's like, man, why this or that. But that phase, when I went in that phase, I only find negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. I only find things really dark. I only find things really bad. Because when I was on that phase, I was even thinking when I was five years old and maybe like uh, cursing another kid. I was thinking like a crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. I was para almost paranoid. I could try and go over everything I did in life until that point. You know, to try think why God chose me to get caught in a, such a bad injury. And then at some point, you know what I mean? When I realize it would be so tough to pull an answer. When I realize, you know, I have my two legs, I have my two arms. When I realize my eye is going to get better. And say, no, I, I'm still very blessed. You know what I mean? I'm just going over something strong. But I definitely gonna able to put this together. Yeah. I just need some time and be patient to do exactly what the doctor said to me to do. And the consistency helped you again. Again. Because you know I mean? if you weren't, weren't consistent, there'll be no way you'll be able to recover no them. Finally. No way. In some point, I'm gonna forget my drops. In some point, I'm gonna forget, you know, to do what the doctor said. And then when I can, when, when I maybe start thinking about coming to see her again. And she's going to say, hey, your eye didn't get better. What you did it? She never said that. She never, you know, remember we, we have you know, tons of appointments. She never came to me and said, your eye, your eye didn't improve anything. So it's always good news, good news, good news, good news. And, and this just helped me to stay more focused, more consistent, because I was doing right. That's, the, that's what happened. Yeah, and a few phrases that I like to share, and one of them, that's when you realize that the fact that you got injured cannot be changed. Only your response to the fact can be changed. It happened. Yeah. You know, at the moment that yeah. you accept that, that's when you kind of got out of the funk and start to, to move to progress. It'd be like, there's yeah. nothing that it can do is going to change. And this is for people who are listening, and if you are in some type of struggle right now, financially, personally, and all that, Super important to understand the fact in that it's not, I share this quote before, it's not what happens to you, it's what you do about it. And like Charlene said, one of the takeaways that he got from this experience that he was much stronger than he thought that he was. And this would be something for you who was actually listening and thinking about this. I guarantee that you're a lot stronger than you think you are. If you're going through a struggle, you're not trying, you hit the bottom maybe. but you can trust that you're stronger than you think. Again, being surrounded by positive people is going to really help that. So make sure that you check who is around, who you're surrounded by to make sure that helps 
helps you during this process of overcoming the struggle the same way that he did. Yeah, and 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 I and I truly believe like maybe maybe if I didn't have that struggle so strong, maybe I didn't I'm not gonna be I maybe I won't be the person mm-hmm. I'm here today. You know what I mean? I think he, you know, I I think he like a really really. It's funny to say that now, but it's crazy. But it really helped me. I totally right to, you know, to appreciate more things. You know what I mean? Sometimes I see, you know, even today, I complain about this or complain about that. Right away, I catch. Mm-hmm. Why are you saying? Why are you complaining? Why are you, why are you saying that? You know, go there and do it. You know what I mean? Like uh, today, you know what I mean? And the thing is, sometimes you start complaining and you find somebody around you agree. You know, the guy heard, and then he say, I think, yeah, I think you're right. When you feel, when, when you see a bunch of people start complaining about something that I have no reason to complain. Mm-hmm. So today, you know, I have people complain around me. I leave the room, make a joke with him. You know what I mean? Because I went through something. I believe some people even went through something even stronger. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I truly believe you know what I mean? A lot of times, exactly what you said, some things can be changed, but as long as you can take the way, you know what I mean, to try, you know, help you to get, you know, go out from there, I think that's the way it should be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, what is the best advice you've ever received? Best advice I ever received? I don't know if this is a, was advice, but, you know, I remember... I don't remember if it was my coach or if it was a friend of mine say, everyone have two arms and two legs. Mm-hmm. I think he let me explain that. A lot of times people, young age, older, you see people different, all right? Sometimes an older guy, see a young guy in the room, all right? Sometimes you go to a nightclub and you see you're a little older, you think nobody gonna likes you because you're a little older, or maybe you start college and then you know you're much older than somebody, or or you go to a you know a gym, a jiu-jitsu school, and you're the oldest guy. And a lot of times people they think so much about this guy, that guy. And then he said, Everybody have two arms and two legs. You know what I mean? Like thinking when he said that, I kind of like a, for myself, when I see opponent. When I start thinking a little bit about his title, about his gi, how he dressed, and how he have a haircut, you know what I mean? I just look for his arms and I just look for his legs, you know what I mean? And I realize he's a person like me. He trains, I train. Let's go see who's better. Mm-hmm. Because the worst thing you can have on your head is making monsters in place. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't, there's no place to be a monster. Mm-hmm. So I think when he said that. And I use this for so much today, for so much. So advice about don't drink, don't smoke. You know what I mean? I never need a device like that because never was in, <laughs> never was. I never, I, I never even think about that. But for me, that the device my coach or my friend gave to me was so powerful. And today I try, you know, pass for my friends, pass for my for my students. When I see they they doubt a little bit about going against a bigger kid or going against this division, you know what I mean? Go there, mm-hmm. do your best. You know what I mean? If you win, lose, it's part of the game. But don't feel what you feel right now. That feeling gonna stop you. Mm-hmm. Let's go overcome that. You know that feeling. That feeling is the fear. Fear is good. It's good to grow. 
Mm-hmm. All right, you can't go to life without fear. Fear is the best feeling ever, because when you when you beat the fear, you probably accomplish something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're probably like a one inch, a little closer of, of something. Maybe you you plant yourself. When you let that fear, and that fear sometimes you start with the look, where you 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 see, you know, I stand to go to talk to a thousand people. When you see going to college and then you, 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 the, the person maybe looks a little, a little fat or a little different, whatever, you know, go over there and do your best. Don't, don't think too much about what they're going to think and just, just think about you, deliver your best and let's go see the results. Prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Prepare yourself to making sure you can deliver the best, but don't, don't ever have those thoughts because this is where you can feel beautiful dreams go through garbage, all right? And sometimes you're not going to know why. And for people who don't know about where in 2018, about 2014, I created a list of the top 10 mental mistakes jiu-jitsu competitors make and how to avoid them, which, by the way, is available for free. You can watch or download on your phone. Just go to the bjjmetalcoach.com website. And I created a list based on all the mental mistakes that I have personally made in different moments of my life. Maybe I was a blue belt or maybe I was even a black belt. And the number five is hyping opponents up. So, oh my God, that guy won this, that guy won that. And this is something that you absolutely got no control of it. You can't control someone's resume, you know, and you can always address and tell yourself like, yeah, I'm going against the guy in the first round. He won the world. Period. The problem is when you put a, an opinion after the fact. That guy won the world, period. And I don't know if I can beat him. No, you know, just stop it. Yeah. Don't go that far. You know what I mean? Accept the fact that, you know, yeah. And here's the thing too, Shaolin. The thing that I started the BG Mental Coach about the mental skills training and personal development, developing both, because I saw how a lot of those mental mistakes were holding me back in my personal professional life. And things like that help. Uh, end up if someone has the habit of doing that this pattern of hyping people up not feeling that you're good enough guess what maybe you're in in a position in a job that they don't apply for the manager position because they don't think they're good enough the other guys went to school they know more than him or whatever it's the same thing in so many situations i'm not gonna apply for that college those guys are too smart oh no that we it's the same you hyping opponents up you don't mind your own business you focus on other people think which is something that you cannot control whatsoever. Yeah. So this advice would, is very legit that if you question yourself, if you're good enough in jujitsu, in business, yeah, stop and reevaluate that because it's going to hold you back. Yeah, I agree. So what advice would you give to your younger self when you made that, who had that spark that, okay, I'm going to pursue. Basically, at the moment that you had that, that lunch with uh, entrepreneurs and your mom about your future. And what would you tell him first? Would you congratulate him for something? Okay, by this point, I congratulate him for this. And what advice would you give to him? You know, uh, I think like I, in my view, if I have to tell something for my son today, uh, I would tell him, you know, whatever you do, all right, try be kind. I think this is something I slack a little bit when I was younger, mm-hmm. all right? I was pursued so much in a dream. And maybe, maybe in some points of my life, maybe I skip a little bit 
you know, being a little bit more kind mm -hmm. with people. All right. Maybe because I was so focused about, you know, accomplish something, win. And I never, I never, I believe you step on anybody's toes or I never cheat, but I believe maybe I hurt some people, mm -hmm. you know, with my, with my focus. I think I was too focused. Mm -hmm. And I think it, this would be something, you know, I would be probably telling to, to my kid, you know what I mean? I think he, I think it's some, I, I, just to, just to make sure I don't regret about anything mm -hmm. I did. Absolutely. It, all right. Yeah. And you think it because I think it works really well for me. And I, I not just accomplish a few things, but the people I met, the people I spent time, the people I share, I have a lot of quality time over the years. And I think this, nobody can take it. A metal here, a metal there. This is, of course, is nice. But the quality time I had with some really, really amazing people, this is, this is right here. So, but I think this, Probably was something I would be sharing with him. And what would you congratulate him for? Like, hey, Victor, let me first congratulate you for this, what you accomplished so far in this 17 years or 16 years. You know, what would you tell him? If I congrat, if I have to congratulate myself. Yeah, you don't know, no, yourself. No, congratulate myself. Yeah, you're, you're, you're. Your, because this is when I like to say that uh, advice for your younger version is something that you'd be disciplined, Gustav. Mm -hmm. I think you'd be disciplined. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Congrats, Shaolin, for your discipline over those twenty years and the consistency. Right. Yeah, and the consistency into to believe on something you saw a long time ago. All right, your mentor saw a long time mm -hmm. ago. You have a family and you have a wife and you have. You know, like I think he, I think that discipline and that consistency, of course, in the first stage helped me a lot in jiu-jitsu, but helped me so much in you know, other levels of my life too. Absolutely. And I definitely gonna congrats myself to be consistent, all right, to have a discipline, you know, not just to try looking for things on sport, but you know, to try now be more kind of people, mm -hmm. you know, to smile more. Um, you know, a few things I think to hug more, like a few little things sometimes maybe doesn't mean so much for some people, but sometimes today I can see like when a beginner come, a guy sometimes working so hard to cross the door to do the, his first day in jiu-jitsu and then match to me being the same place with him and shaking his hand, looking in his eye, you know, touching his shoulder. I can see like a, how he look at me mm -hmm. and how he really kind of like a, got pumped right now the way I talk, maybe because nobody talked to him like that. Mm -hmm. Nobody like invited him to do something the way I invite. So I think a few things I'm doing today, probably something, you know, I'm trying working, you know, as a person, you know, to try better, you know, to try be a better person. End of the day, in, in my view is all about that. Mm -hmm. Of course, some arm bars and sweeps can help, but mm -hmm. end of the day, we, we're looking for improve as a person. Awesome. And just to let the listeners know, we're getting closer to the end of the interview. So make sure that you stick around for my final thoughts of the interview. And now, Sholene, I want you to see what you're currently excited about. I want you to share a little bit what's been going on with you right now. We're recording this in September of 2018. Tell a little bit about your school. You have your tournaments in in New York City. You're still active competing. So share some a little bit of what's going on with your life right now. Yeah, so I think right now, it's now end of summer, 
and it's just putting things together. I think, uh, you know, my school in New York with summer doesn't change so much, but my school in New Jersey with summer changed a little bit. I think I adjust a couple of things in both schools. I think that's kind of like a September is the, is the right time to do that. Uh, I have a competition coming in the next three or four weeks and where I'm trying right now, pushing the pace. I have some guests in town, try to use them a lot right now, you know, to making sure I can, I can really looking good. All right, October, October 5th, mm-hmm. the competition called Quintet. It's like a team competition. I'm going to represent Polaris team. And I'm really excited. Fought in Polaris a few times. Then really excited with the team, you know, we, we have. And going to be in Vegas, you know, going to be one day before McGregor and Khabib's fights. are going to be a busy weekend over there in Vegas. And I'm excited about that. Trying to put in a lot of hours right now, training, without forgetting my teaching, but definitely close to the competition. Maybe we're going to slow down a little bit just to try to have a little bit more resting between roles. Um, you know, I'm planning to go to Brazil, all right, to see my wife's grandma, all right. I think she she's 91. And we want to try to spend some time with her and the grandkids. And we want to try to spend some time with her too in November. That's our goal. Um, but so far, that's it. I think, it, you know, nothing crazy and definitely exciting about the competition. And it took some days off of the family in November as well. Yeah, so it's awesome. And really, really remember when you arrived in the United States. You know, it's really cool to see you growing as a human being, as a father, as a business owner and how both schools are going successfully, the, the tournaments are growing too. You still act uh, active competing, as you said, still enjoying yeah. the process, which is cool. Cause I know that if some moment you feel that you're not enjoying the process, you're not going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. For me, you have to have, you have to feel the each a little bit, you know what I mean? Like when you feel something on your body, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's better to do something. And I think this is actually, I try to respect like my thoughts and respect my experience. And then pretty much when I feel I have to compete, I compete. Nah, not for money, mm-hmm. not for metal, not for belt, for sore, for anything. It's just like I feel like I have to train hard twice a day, lifting, diet, whatever I have to do. If I feel like, I, I do, no matter what. I like to say that when you're a competitor, the competition's like an itch. You know, if it's yeah. itchy, you scratch it, you know, and yeah. you're not itchy, you don't scratch it. So competition is yeah. the same. If you don't feel like it, don't do it. Don't do it for yeah, anybody yeah. else to satisfy it or do it for the wrong reasons because there's a chance of you being disappointed with your performance. As- I agree. And I did it. And I did it before. And I and I really was disappointed mm-hmm. with my performance because I did it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think you learned that lesson so well. And right now, I think is in the point in my life, you know, you know, reach right now. I'm looking for just, you know, enjoy that process, enjoy a competition, feeling that butterfly inside my belly, and that's it. That's my my main goal now. And now, just to, just to wrap it up, a final message to people who are looking for higher levels in their life. You know what I mean? If they are professional competitors, they are. They want to play a high level in entrepreneurship. What do you feel it's a good message for them to reflect on? I think for me, I even don't think so much about martial arts when I say that because, you know, because it was so, so, so big in my mind, even before 
I see jiu-jitsu. I remember like going through sports, different things, and then always spending time here, spending time there. But I think the the real Vitor and, and my life only start changing and the number of friends I start getting when I really found something I really like to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when I found something I really like to do. So that's the reason I told in the beginning of the interview for a long time doing jiu-jitsu, I didn't think about job. I didn't think like, you know, sometimes maybe some kids today, 13, 14 years old, they already want to have, you know, jiu-jitsu career. Like I, I was still enjoying myself. Some they have their Facebook uh, fan page already. They got to do it. Yeah, no, I was training, but yeah. I was still spending time with some friends. They're not doing any jiu-jitsu, going to the beach, you know, you know doing something else. And, but when I found jiu-jitsu, you know what I mean? My life changed so much. And then in my view, that's the, sometimes I, you know, I remember telling this to my sister, you need to find something you really like to do. doesn't have to be something to make crazy money. doesn't have to be something your parents or they want to see you doing. doesn't have to be, have to be, you know, you, you can, can be anything, mm-hmm. anything, because if you really like to do, you're going to do so well. You're going to develop so many paths from there. You're going to make money. All right, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna accomplish things. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna feel happy, and that sensation, that happy thing, you're gonna develop doing what you love, what what's gonna really help you to live. Because today, okay, you can make money, you can pay your bills, but you go home every day. You know, sometimes thinking about the past. You know, I don't live thinking about the past. I don't live because the future is so bright for me. Why are you going to be thinking about mm-hmm. the past? You know what I mean? The past, I was doing jiu-jitsu. The future, now I'm doing jiu-jitsu. The future, I'm going to do jiu-jitsu. So, you know, something I choose, something choose me, something I really like to do. So that's the reason I think when I see someone struggle, I have some, I have some friends or neighbors. Sometimes I see young kids, they hang with the wrong kids or they, they do things, you know what I mean, like uh, they're not supposed to do. And then a lot of times because they, they don't have they don't have they don't have the mathematics they don't have something where they really like to spend time and be the best at it you know what I mean so my pray is to my kids is to people I love where I really find mm-hmm. that thing and put the time you know what I mean I see my my daughter my daughter loves arts and she 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 draws so well. So I, I really pray every day to making sure when, when my wife show me the, what she does. And then I know it's my daughter, but I really think she has a talent. And when I see, I always, you know, I, you know my, 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 her, her aunt always joke, oh, I want to buy, someone want to buy. Always making her feel so, so good. And I hope, I really hope she can, she can follow her guts and she can go through that path or go something, you know what I mean, she really like because... I think it's nothing more to give you comfort for somebody to do something you really like Absolutely. to do. Absolutely. So, guys, this is the end. Shaolin, I really appreciate this interview. As I mentioned, you've been a role Take model Gustavo. for me for a long time. Fight I know we've been uh, missing each other. Try Even when he was in <laughs> Japan, it didn't work. So, it finally yeah. happened. So, yeah. i just like to thank you for your time and sharing your knowledge big fan and big friend and i appreciate everything and for all the listeners 
stick around for my final thoughts. Us. Thank you, Gustavo. Valeu, irmão. Obrigadão. Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Vitor Shaolin. During the past final thoughts, I've been repeating a few facts that I mentioned in the guest intro. Since now I promote the final thoughts by itself on YouTube, this recap, it's good to give context to people who haven't listened to the episode yet. For those who don't know, Shaolin is a three-time IBJJF Black Belt World Champion, a former MMA fighter with 25 fights, a teammate of mine, and one of my closest friends. I hope you're able to grab at least one good takeaway from this interview, and hopefully you're able to implement it in your life. Now, my personal takeaway was very easy to point out in one single word, consistency. Let me ask you this. Do you have a jiu-jitsu role model? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Personally, Shaolin has been my jiu-jitsu role model since the mid-90s, not just because of his skills, but mainly because of his consistency, his ability to stay disciplined and focused in everything he does, which includes martial arts, business, and family. He set the bar very high of what hard work looks like to me in jiu-jitsu. And it's not by accident that he has accomplished so much in, in life at 39 years old in 2018. Exactly three years ago, in September of 2015, I wrote an article for the BJJ Mental Coach website titled The Four Ds of Success, where I share my experience of traveling to the UK to be a spectator and a coach at the Polaris Professional League in Cardiff, Wales. Polaris is an European organization, very well organized by the way, that was promoted second edition with its card featuring eight matches, gi and no gi, that included competitors from Brazil Italy, Japan, USA, and the UK, who competed in a submission-only rules format with one 15-minute round, including two of my friends, idols, and the BJJ Metal Coach Movement supporters. The first one is the BJJ Hall of Famer responsible for one of the most popular episodes of the BJJ Metal Coach podcast, my brother Hobson Mora, five-time IBJJF Black Belt World Champion. If you haven't had a chance to listen to this episode, check out the episode 10 titled, What Can You Do? And the second one was Vitor Shaolin. The first phrase I wrote in the article was a question, and I'm going to repeat the question to you again. The question is, what does success mean to you? Why did I ask you this? It's because people have different perceptions of the meaning of the word success. The Hall of Fame UCLA basketball coach John Wooden's definition of success is personally my favorite and hopefully you like. Success is peace of mind which is a direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing you did your best to become the best you're capable of becoming. Hobson and Shaolin don't combine eight IBJJF black belt world titles by accident. They possess a very unique quality, the four Ds of success. Desire, determination, dedication, and discipline. Today, I'm going to share with you how these four Ds have been playing out consistently in Shaolin's career, and hopefully this can inspire you to become more or even more consistent in your life. For those who don't know, Shaolin owns two successful schools in New Jersey and New York, specifically New York City. He doesn't have anything to prove in his competition career, but he still have the itch to compete despite of his busy schedule. He still has the desire, the first D, to challenge himself 
in competition or in business. Another great word to describe him perfectly besides Mr. Consistent is hustler. Prior to the trip, I had the opportunity to share the content of my program, Inner Discovery for Outer Success, and speak for the first time in New York City to Shaolin student. And I was able to witness his madness and determination, which is the second D. Shaolin's extremely dedicated, the third D, not only to his professional career, but mainly dedicated to his family, his wife, three kids, two dogs, and two cats. Back then in 2015, three times a week, he was waking up between 3.45 and 4.30 to drive from New Jersey to New York City to teach multiple classes, including his first one at 6 a.m. Then he trained jiu-jitsu, conditioning, and he would drive back to Jersey at the end of the day. By the way, he still consistently wakes up early for his New York City classes. Talk about discipline, the fourth D. On this specific day that I taught the seminar, we left his school almost 10 p.m. and he was up since 3.45 a.m. And next day, we were traveling to the UK. At the event, Shaolin competed against the Japanese standout Daisuke Nakamura. After a few back and forth sweeps, Shaolin was able to take his back around 12 minute mark and finish from the back. Now, even if Shaolin had lost his match, I would have said that he succeeded in his endeavor of competing at Polaris. Despite his personal and professional responsibility, he consistently sticks with the four D's of success, desire, determination, dedication, and the discipline. He was prepared technically, physically, strategically, and especially mentally. He knew that he did the best he could with the tools and knowledge that he had at that moment. And that is success. Remember what John Wooden said? Peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing you did your best to become the best you're capable of becoming. Now, what about you? Do you possess the four Ds of success? Not just to accomplish your goals on the mat, but mainly off the mat. The four Ds of success concept is about authenticity and consistency. It's about living your life authentic to your desires, becoming the best version of yourself. But without consistency, your journey can end up being very frustrating. Consistently face your fears and anxieties. Be consistently comfortable in uncomfortable situations and do it as long as it takes to achieve the success you desire, not the success others expect from you. And as the motivational speaker Tony Robbins said, it's not what we do once in a while that shapes our lives. It's what we do consistently. Oh. We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.